something that works for you might not work for me. But what I can do is extract principles and best practices and I can identify what I think might work. I can test it and then I can refine it so that it continues to work for me in a way that serves me and the people in my life. Hi there, I'm Kelly Tennant and welcome to The Platform Podcast, where we get real so you can be well. Each week, I sit down to have authentic conversations with the leading voices in health and wellness to help you detox your life and give you the tools to feel your best and most vibrant self. My guests are here to educate you on the latest healing remedies, ancient wisdom, and alternatives to the traditional path. I've personally curated the platform to elevate your mind, body, and spirit. so excited for today's guest. She is someone that introduced herself to me through a video message in an email as a complete stranger and has turned into a friend and someone that has begun mentoring me and a woman that I really trust and respect for the way that she shows up so selflessly in my life and in the lives of her clients and her family and her friends. Kristen Hinman is an incredible woman and mom from Bend, Oregon. She's a PR expert. She's an agency owner and she is an online business consultant. So she has this business accelerator that makes it super easy for entrepreneurs to grow a very profitable business faster than they ever thought imaginable. Even if they have no credentials, no connections or experience with online marketing. And the way that she has shown up for me has been so profound. She sees things that are wrong with my business and reaches out immediately and says, Hey, I see this thing that could be better for you. Here's how you do it. And she does so much work in giving me feedback and really providing substantial answers to make my life better and my life easier. And I am just so amazed at the person that she is and the way that she shows up. We talk a lot about Ayurveda in this episode and how I actually introduced it to her, which is super funny. And we talk through grace as a mom, as a working mom, and the way she utilizes that within her own company and how she's teaching her girls all the different lessons that she's learning and seasons of life and the way we go through so many of them yet somehow find a way to come out on top through all of those challenges. So she runs PR Media, which is P-E-A-R-E Media. And if you want to join her for a free Facebook online mastermind, you can head to the link in the show notes. I made sure that that is there for you guys. As well as connecting with her on Instagram, she is at Kristen underscore Hinman, H-I-N-M-A-N. And reach out to her. She is so sweet. She loves to hear from people. She loves to help and serve however she can and is just a really great woman to talk to and learn from. So without further ado, here is our incredible conversation. How did you get into PR? Actually, I fell into it a little bit. When I had first moved to Los Angeles and was in a new city, I was actually recovering from a back injury. Mm. And I I had kind of strung together a few things where I was helping people with social media and marketing just because it was really what I love to do. And this agency was hiring and I thought, Hey, I may as well try it. And kind of interestingly enough, about 3 months in, everyone who had either 
um, hired me had either gotten fired or had quit. And I really got (laughs) thrown into the fire, so to speak. But it was something that I actually ended up being really good at. I mean, I kind of just like a brief highlight of my career. My clients were interviewed by like Barbara Walters and Anderson Cooper. And it was super fun being just flying all across the country and really like you've been on the other side of the TV camera and and I've been kind of on the other end like we were just talking about mm-hmm. but it was really eye opening to really learn how that world worked but what was really cool is what really resonated were people's stories and that was when we got those types of big bookings like being on Steve Harvey or Dr. Oz is when we could tell a really good story that involved our clients that was when you know, their audience loved it and the producers loved it. And all of that was just was really fun as I was building my career. So now, obviously, in the space that you're in and what you do, how has storytelling translated into the way you currently live your life and work your business? I am so thankful for that experience at the time. And there were a lot of things that kind of led up to me launching my business. And it was kind of like I wasn't ready, but I did it anyway because I knew that I wanted to make a bigger impact on people. And what I get to do now is help people to determine what their unique story is. And I use all of the fun, like cool tools that are out there, all of the new media, but really in a way that helps them tell their story in a way that will impact the most people. And I think that's kind of one of my superpowers is really getting people's stories out of them. And then telling it in a way that resonates with others. And a lot of people think that PR is reserved for big brands or, you know, like the big celebrities and that type of thing. But really, PR can be as simple as like when you pick up the phone to call your mom or your sister and you have a really fun story to tell them, you're kind of doing PR. I mean, when you, I know when you probably find a new product or something you like that really helps you, you're so excited to tell people about it. And finding the stories within that is is what really excites me with the people that I get to work with. So what kind of people do you work with now? I now work with people who are business owners, who are authors, who start podcasts, who really have a message that they want to share with the world. They know they they know they're really good at something. They know they have they have an impact that they want to make. But sometimes, you know, there's so many things out there that are confusing that they don't always know what to do. And it can take a lot of trial and error. When I first started, I luckily hit a point where I, you know, I heard someone speaking and I actually reached out to them and I've been lucky enough that he's been able to mentor me. And that has saved me years of trial and error of learning from his mistakes. And he was someone who was really where I wanted my business to be. And I wanted to know how to get there faster. And now I'm in a really unique position where I can kind of help people do the same thing and also to amplify their message through um, you know, new media and online platforms and that type of thing. Well, and I think a special thing that I've really enjoyed about you... I mean, the first time that we connected, you sent me a video of you talking to me, which I thought was the <laughs> coolest thing ever. And you know, I mean, I'm sure you're the same way. You get so many different emails and... You're like, who is this stranger and whatever. And I got that email and I was like, and I love this lady. <laughs> um, but you put yourself out there and you also, you have created so much value in my life since we started talking. And I think that's something that you do 
in your, your home life as a mother, as well as in your work life is really focusing on how you can selflessly create value for other people. And of course, you're always going to get that in return, whether you believe in karma or putting good energy out there and you're going to get good energy back. I mean, you really are a proponent of that. So how did that come to be in that mindset of the way you operate? Yeah. Well, thank you so much. That is so sweet. And actually, I think you really hit on an important point about providing value to people. You hear a lot of people say, I want to make... Uh, I want to have a six-figure business or I want to make a million dollars in sales. And I have a mentor who told me recently, well, if you want to hit a million dollars in sales, what are you doing to provide 10 times as much value? What are you doing to provide $10 million of value out into the world? Because like you were saying, that's how it goes out there and comes back to you. And I'm a big believer in that. And I... So I... I guess, found you, so to speak. I'm mm-hmm. a huge volleyball nerd, which we've connected about. Yeah. And I started following you because I saw the Amazon coverage and I heard you were launching this podcast. And I, you know, I, like everything you were talking about was resonating with me. And some, sometimes being on the other side of the mic, I don't know if you've experienced this, it's, it's hard to know the impact you're having because not everyone always speaks up. Mm-hmm. Anytime I've reach out to you. I've just wanted to... I have personally just wanted to let you know like where you've been helping me. Because when people tell me the same thing, I know how that makes me feel. And so I like to kind of perpetuate that and keep that going. And that's really how I approach life and business and being a mom. I mean, all of it really, it all ties back together. Well, and I think it, it's such a beautiful thing as a woman... I've experienced so much bullying in my life and women trying to bring me down. So as a woman who's starting a new job and a new career and creating this platform to have an absolute stranger reach out to you and tell you, I love what you're doing. This resonated with me. I love this specific quote from whatever interview you did or this message really helped change my life, whatever it is, that gives me permission to be more of myself and to not worry about not being for everyone because the people that I am for are rallying around me in a really beautiful, selfless way. And that is what makes us all better. By you shining a light on me, I get to shine a light on more people and vice versa. And it's this beautiful kind of community that you create that is positive and uplifting. And I just feel like there has to be more of that. So I'm so grateful that there's someone like you that's willing to put yourself out there with a stranger and be like, I love this. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you. And I think you hit on something really important. And I don't know what your experience as an athlete was like, but I was so lucky to be on so many teams where everyone, the girls around me were supportive and we didn't tear each other down. We lifted each other up. And I know that not all teams and not all women interact that way. But I think that that's been among the lessons that being an athlete at that level has taught me, and I'm sure you, that's been one of the biggest things that I've really carried into you know, past college athletics and past into building my business, into being a mom, into being a friend, a daughter, a sister, really all of it. Yeah. It's funny. I did not have positive experiences <laughs> with my teammates. I had the exact opposite. But I think at the end of the day, those experiences have allowed me to teach what I want to and to share messages and to be really honest about how harsh it can be when you're young and you're stupid and you're jealous and you're insecure and you treat other people badly because of your own insecurities. 
Whereas now at 31, I look back and I, I look around up at the tribe that I have around me and the community of amazing women like yourself. And I think this is what I'm attracting in a very conscious, purposeful way. Whereas before, that's not what I was attracting. That's not what I was bringing into my life. And it's amazing the shift that can happen. And also the younger generation, moms like you that are teaching your daughters how it it is appropriate to treat people in a certain way and to be kind and to be supportive because you don't need to be mean. That's There's no room for that anymore. Yeah, absolutely. And I love showing that to my daughters. A lot of what I do is really with them in mind and what that... But not so much where you know they come first in every single little thing and I put myself to the wayside, but how can I show them how to ask questions and be curious and be thoughtful and include other people in a way that maybe I never experienced, but I, I can already see they're three and a half, they're almost four and two. And I can already see how they interact with people. And I can now kind of identify when good learning moments are and when to kind of push them to be better, even at that young age. It, it's really been amazing. How did having children, specifically daughters, change the way you look at yourself? Yeah, that's a great question. There was actually one specific instance that I've kind of talked to you about is about six months after I had my first daughter, I was, you know, I was about eight years into my PR career. I was unhealthy. I wasn't moving my body. Retrospectively, I can see this, but I really wasn't in alignment with who I was. And to a lot of people in my life, this seemed sudden. And in fact, it was probably at the time. But I went vegan or plant-based overnight after watching a movie. And that has really changed the course of my, my life up to this point. A big part of that decision was because I realized that I, you know, the choices I was making wasn't what I wanted to teach my daughter. And I realized that I had to show her, not just say things. And so this, like that shift was a big part of kind of them launching my business and moving to a new city and being vulnerable enough to put myself out there, kind of like you were saying, so that I know, because I know that when I do that, that she sees that and she sees me making mistakes. She sees me growing. She sees me laughing. And now that I have two, you know, that's really top of my mind especially supporting other women because I know you've said this, we don't have to tear each other down. We can support each other. And as we support each other, lift everyone up together at the same time instead of putting people down. What was it that you learned in this movie that made you want to be a vegan? I think some of the messaging of this particular movie was really that it's less about you, me, personally, the individual, and more about the earth as a whole. And I really... Something in that really struck a chord with me because maybe it's getting older, maybe it was having children, but I wanted to leave the world a better place for her and now for both my girls than when I came. And so I'm very conscious about making decisions that make make their lives better, but also the world as a whole because none of us exist None of us exist individually. We all exist together and we all are in the same ecosystem. And for me, it was, it was just like, this is one thing I can do that where I personally can see myself making it better for me individually, but also having a bigger impact. Well, and I think the message is not... It's not about preaching being a vegan, doing paleo, being keto. 
it's truly about what serves your body and your family best. And the moms that I've had on this show have been very clear about wanting to do what's best for their family and not being judgmental about other people's choices. So how do you go about doing what's best for you and your family and you know, finding that support within your community to continue to do that and not maybe feel guilt about it or wonder why other people are making other choices and, and how you teach your girls that as well. Yeah, a thousand percent. I when I when I made that shift, I was very much aware that this was a shift for me and it wasn't for anyone else. My husband at the time actually, you know, was pretty motivated and he kind of tried to be vegetarian, but it it didn't really stick. And so he's actually he eats meat and um, eggs and all of that kind of stuff. But that's what's right for him. And he eats with us at home and you know loves everything I cook and the girls and is super supportive of raising them in this way. But you know, it's even within our own house, I can't make that judgment about what's right for him. All I can do is lead by example. And I think by even just doing that and not, you know, maybe throwing hidden comments or jabs or any of that, just really doing what's right for me. I think really kind of brings him on board in a in a way that like you know being nitpicky or in your face about it wouldn't have uh, wouldn't accomplish. And I I get so many questions from other moms or other people in my life who are just curious about. So what do you you know what do you feed them for breakfast? Or and it just opens up this conversation in a very natural way because I think I hope that I am approachable and I'm not very preachy about it, but. If someone does ask me, I answer very honestly about why it works for me or the decisions I make. But I'm also encouraging about them kind of exploring what that looks like for them. And to me, if I can... Even just to get someone to ask about it or think about it in a different way, even if the, even if the change for them is not to be vegan, for me, you know, just getting people to start thinking that way or thinking differently is, is really a victory. Just a quick break to let you guys know that I have the most amazing event coming up on March 2nd. It is going to be at Women's Space, which is a spot here in LA in Culver City run by the amazing Paula Malice. And at this space, they do a lot of different things to serve women. The one thing that I love the most is the way they hold circle. So women come sit in circle and we work through breath work, intentions, working through stories that we've created in our lives, whatever it is, the the concept or the thought of the day, we kind of work through as a group. And I decided to have my event here and partner with Women's Space because I have been so profoundly touched and changed by the work that they do. And we decided that we are going to have our own kind of little circle. So I will be partnering with Women's Space for this. Paula will be opening it up with breathwork and meditation. And we'll go into a group healing and conversation with one of my spiritual teachers, guides, and psychic known as the modern Magdalene, Lisa Devine. You guys, I'm sure have heard her show. It's so good. And then I will come out and I will be giving a talk at the very end. And then we will break off and everyone will have a chance to talk, a chance to ask questions. And it's really to get in a good headspace with a group of incredible women and 
learn from some of the leading voices in wellness and in this spiritual space that I have been so impacted by. So I hope you will join us. If you want to be invited or learn more, we have very limited tickets. So email me at kelly at thisistheplatform.com. Let me know that you want to come to the March 2nd event at Women's Space. I will get you on the list for invitations when they come out. But yes, this is going to be something really special, something I've never done before. And I cannot wait to see you guys there. How has Ayurveda played a role in your life recently? We've talked quite a bit about that. And obviously, you know my obsession with it. Um, I'm heading back up to school this weekend in Seattle for it. But I know that it's something newer that you've started implementing. So how has that impacted things? Yes. And in fact, you, I, I would credit you with introducing me to it. Um, Yay! I think you had a post, and I asked you a few questions, and then I messaged you, and I really like this is kind of my personality, but I go all in when I. So I've been reading books and podcasts and the whole thing. And what book have you loved the most? Like, which what's made the biggest um, impact? The one you recommended, which is a Sahara Rose's book. Mm-hmm. Is it the Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda? Yeah, it came out with a new cookbook, which is freaking amazing. And some of the books out there that I've read, it's been, it doesn't give practical advice for how to incorporate it into your everyday life. But I think her books, I've been really able to kind of pick and choose like, okay, I could really like make this change. And so I've been trying to pick out things kind of one by one. And interestingly enough, I've, I re-injured my back. I had back surgery about 10 years ago, but I re-injured it about six months ago. And I think if I hadn't started connecting with you or listening to your podcast, I never would have considered acupuncture, which has been life-changing for me. That um, makes me so happy. <laughs> my diet, um, you know, just eating more whole foods, being aware of just being aware of how the foods like even impacted my back pain. But all of this together, I'm I'm nowhere near better yet, but I am so much better than I was six months ago. And I'm you know, I'm hopeful that this is now a long-term change, not just something that I keep re-injuring every month. And I think that actually recently has been a big part of my journey with that. What aspects of Ayurveda really spoke to you the most? The connection between the body and the mind and the soul and really all of that and really being just being more in tune with tapping into that and kind of giving myself a little bit of grace because we do live in a more modern time. And again, maybe going back to my personality, sometimes I just want to do it all at once. But, re- but I think one of the things about Ayurveda is you can really identify how things make you feel in the moment and just like take notice of that and be present for it. And then incorporate, you know, don't be too hard on yourself. But just incorporate that into your everyday life. There's a lot more flow, I would say. There's a lot more um, intuitiveness, which I've always been kind of an intuitive person, but really more tapping into that. So I think those aspects really resonated with me. I feel the same way. You know, I talked so much about healing and my recent understanding, and I credit Ayurveda to this and my incredible Dr. Marta at Surya Spa here for really helping me understand this concept of not being able to heal physically without healing emotionally and spiritually. And Ayurveda really brings all of that together. And we just started learning about the doshas and 
and all of that kind of, you know, the energy fields and aura and um, all of that in class. And it's just perpetuating the belief that I now understand that our mind and our, our soul really dictates so much of what the physical manifestations are in our bodies. Mm-hmm. And I wonder now that you have that perspective and understand that dealing with this back pain, the injury, the re-injury six months ago, is there something that you can correlate that pain and injury to in your life that you were dealing with emotionally or spiritually that was imbalanced that could have potentially triggered or caused it? Oh, uh, absolutely. I think for me, it you know, it really my youngest was about 16 months old and they're very close in age so it was really you know having two kids back to back is stressful for anyone and in the middle of this my business really took off and i really i was really focused on launching it i was still trying to do things like snowboard and play volleyball but without you know like moving my body during the week as much as i needed to or working out and so all of this i think just i think for a long time i had been ignoring the pain and finally got to a point where i couldn't ignore it and I really, you know, I, I had to take a step back and I had to, I mean, I'm feeling actually very good right now. And, you know, I'm like, gosh, I want to go snowboarding or skiing or, but I, I made a commitment to myself about four months ago that I was really going to give my space, myself the space to heal and to get stronger and to build a more solid foundation before jumping back into that kind of stuff. And I think it's because maybe I am getting older and um, I do have all of these things that I'm trying to accomplish in my life. And so um, I'm just trying to find the balance between the different seasons of my life, of being a mom, of being a business owner, having my own personal gr- dreams and growth. And actually, this is another person you introduced me to is Rachel Hollis. Yes. I, just watched, I just watched her documentary. Did you go to the theater to see it? I did. It was oh, so good, so good right? I, I, I took my mom and she's, uh, she had never heard of her. She had no idea what to expect and she loved it. Yes, that's so amazing. So I got the chills so many times when I saw that in theaters this last yeah. year. My girlfriend Paige Killian introduced me to Rachel Hollis mm-hmm. through taking me to this thing. I was like, in a weird place. I needed inspiration. She's like, let's go. I'm taking yeah. you. And I show up. I got the chills so many times in that hour and a half. And I was so pumped up leaving there. Did you feel the same way? I did. (laughs) My mom and I are like taking notes in our iPhones and (laughs) really going all out. And she said something in that documentary that I have personally struggled with. And she said, there are seasons in your life where, for instance, family comes first and you have to be with your kids and you have newborns. And maybe she didn't go into that much detail, but this is kind of what I heard. And then there's been periods in her life where she's written a book or launched her business and that spoke to me so much because I I hadn't really heard anyone talk about it. I knew I had experienced it. I I literally was nursing my youngest daughter while watching courses about Google AdWords and like trying to grow my business and trying to learn things because it was all just kind of happening at once. And now I realize, you know, I just need to be more in tune with um, what my family needs, what I need, and then what my business needs, and just. Really being in the flow with those seasons and the ebbs and flows really of life. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I've been talking about that recently too, especially when it comes to food and emotions. I just am coming out of a really, really rough season personally. And I 
at first was kind of beating myself up for becoming a hermit, not wanting to leave the house, dealing with a lot of emotional stress and and pain. And now that I'm on the other side of it, I look back and I'm like, okay, first of all, that was six weeks. A season of six weeks is really not that bad when you think about it in, in perspective of your whole life. And I learned a lot of amazing lessons. I got some good you know, QT by myself. And there's always a lesson and something that you can get out of each season. So how do you go through the seasons without judging yourself for whatever it is that you need emotionally, mentally, spiritually at that time? Yeah, great question. There's a couple of things that I've learned even recently. Um, The first is to go all in. If you're feeling that pull and you feel like this is something you need to do, to really give yourself the time and the grace and the end, like spend your energy going all in. Because this has been an issue for me is when I have totally been a victim of shiny object syndrome, which just means you see something, oh my gosh, that's cool. Let me go do that. And I've learned both in my business and my life, I just need to pick one thing and it, it changes. Like you said, it, ch- it could change by the week. It could change by the day. You know, Tomorrow, one of my girls could be sick and I have to focus on them. It just, you, but you have to kind of go with the flow with that. And the second thing, and what's actually been really interesting to me as I kind of continue to follow my curiosity is really drilling down to some core principles, kind of how I live my life and how I operate my business, even how I work with my clients. And there's actually one theory a mentor of mine has taught me that I apply to the marketing work I do, but actually I, I really apply it to my life. And that's to identify, to test and refine. So I actually get asked a lot being in the media space, you know, what's what's this cool new app or what's this you know, new social platform. Is this, is this going to work? Is this, the magic, is this the magic bullet? And the answer is something that works for you might not work for me. But what I can do is extract principles and best practices and I can identify what I think might work. I can test it and then I can refine it so that it continues to work for me in a way that serves me and the people in my life. Mm, that's so good. How do you say no to things that don't serve you? Wow, I am still working on that. <laughs> I think everyone is, but you know, I think especially with kids, it, this really makes you slow down. I mean, when we had our our oldest daughter, we really said, "Look, you know, we've been traveling a lot, we've been working a lot, but now, like, we are here. If you guys want to see us, you know, people have to come to us." Um, and then even within that, we have to sometimes say no because there's just you know our girls come first, and then us and you know, you really being conscious of that. In business, I often have to say no sometimes to to working with certain people who I think goes back to something we were talking about earlier, who take more than they give. And I will give all day and I will help you get to the finish line. But if someone's just taking and taking and taking, they're a suck on everyone's time and energy. Um, there's no kind of symbiotic relationship. And I think that's when I've, I've been getting better at identifying those types of situations, both in business and in life, and more conscious of how I want to spend my energy so that I can say no and say yes to things I, I get really excited to do. I'd like mm-hmm. to talk to you. Thank you. You're so sweet. I talked to a lot of guests recently about living in alignment and what that means and how it feels when you are in alignment and how you know when you're not in alignment, how would you describe that for you? 
I think for me, it manifests physically. And I know that you talk about this a lot, but I get sick easier. I get sick for longer. And it could be things like the cold or a cold or a flu, which with young children, it's difficult to tell. But you know, I've, I've noticed even this winter, I've been so much healthier than I have been in the past. It manifests for me in physical injuries. And I think sometimes just hitting that wall of like, I don't want to do this anymore. And this is for me personally, that's part of my what I've identified recently as my overwhelm cycle is I'll hit a wall where I say, I don't want to do this. And so I've been more conscious about when I hit that wall to take a step back and ask, where am I choosing from when I make this decision that I don't want to do this? Is it out of fear? Is it out of something else? You know, what and then what's the best decision moving forward and why am I choosing that decision? Is it in alignment with where I want to go? That's so good. Yeah. I I totally understand the the physical manifestation of that. And it's also it's knowing that when you are in alignment, things are in flow and everything's working for you. I experienced this when I started the show. I thought it was going to be so hard to book guests and do all these things. And real quickly, I had a 200 person waiting list and every single person I asked said yes. And I'm like, what is happening right now? But it's it's when things are in flow, when things are in alignment and you're doing what you're meant to do, you're stepping into your purpose, you're saying yes to the things that serve you and letting go of the toxic environment, relationships, etc. It's all going to work for you. And I think that's something that was a huge lesson for me in creating this. I had never been in such a state of flow. It had always been a struggle of trying to force things, whether it was in relationships or with work or trying to get a new job. And all of a sudden, I was doing less and getting more and it was easier. And I thought, what is this? And now I understand just that concept of being in alignment and how beautiful it can be. Yeah. And you know, part of, I think, maybe for both of us, and a lot of people could probably resonate with this, but the media and the media industry really forces you to think a certain way, to act a certain way, to do things on their schedule. And it's super powerful when people have their own personal platforms like you do or and it doesn't have to be a podcast it could just be you know maybe it's your instagram page or a blog or you know maybe it's a community event you hold once a month it doesn't have to be something on a big scale but something that's really you know yours and gives you the space to ask questions and to get supported by people just getting more back into alignment with how i think we were meant to live our life instead of in this fast pace, you know, constantly on the media schedule or, you know, someone else's schedule or demands or whatever it might be. How have you been able to stay authentic to who you are and your core values and beliefs while also being successful in your work and knowing that, um, you know, PR can be, whether it's cutthroat or kind of a grind, yet staying in the, the true nature of who you are? What has really helped me is just talking about it. When I first started my business, I was just like, man, no one's doing this. No one's a mom. No one's, no one knows what I'm going through. But there are so many people out there going through this. And when I just started talking about it and listen, really, and then really listening to other people, I was able to reach out to people and surround myself with other like-minded people. And really to build them around me, but also, you know, I have their back, they have mine. And it's really been about 
finding that tribe and finding that community and just talking about things. Sometimes, you know, no one talks about sometimes how hard it is to be in business. No one talks about how hard it is to be a mom. Um, even, you know, I know that some people look at me and think, man, she's a vegan. She must be feeding her kids really healthily. I went through periods where, especially when my second one was just born, you know, it's easy to throw some tater tots in and call it breakfast. But that's, <laughs> that's not the best thing for them. And, you know, I still struggle with that, with being a busy mom. And sometimes it's, you know, what I have to do is really take a step back and say, okay, how could I make this easy? So, I mean, you know, when you're talking about living in alignment, it doesn't always have to be something big and grandiose. I mean, even this morning for me for breakfast, I was like, okay, it would take me a minute to blend a smoothie. We have some rice cook and we have some soup broth. They love that. That is, you know, that is something that I can feel really good about giving them instead of like defaulting to something that's easy or, you know, not as good. Bravo to you because I would have just given them the tater tots. Um, I'm not going to say that I don't. And, but I think just it goes back to just talking about it. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I try to put this stuff on Instagram when, I, you know, when I'm not both hands full and kids falling everywhere. <laughs> but like I, I'm very conscious about... You know, I've asked people in my audience like, Hey, you know, what do you guys do for breakfast? I need help. This is actually, you know, what I'm talking about now is something that is actually something I struggle with. Um, but just putting myself out there and being vulnerable, because then people are like, oh, you know what? I do the same thing, or we get stuck in these ruts too. And, you know, I get home at the end of the day and I'm so busy and I turn the TV on for my kids, but I wish I could do more. And it just opens the door, I think, to start talking about that and building your own community of other people and you realize this is a human experience. We're all kind of going through very similar things. It's 2019. In case you guys didn't know, conventional beauty and household products are so over. They're full of chemicals that cause cancer, autoimmune disease, infertility, and they disrupt your hormones. So at this point, I hope that you have done the dirty work. I hope you have looked at your labels and decided that you are going to do better this year because we can do it together. And in doing it together, I want to introduce you to Beauty Counter, one of my favorite companies. They have done such a beautiful job of educating all of us on what's clean and what's not. They have this never list of ingredients that they never put in their products. So you know, anytime you shop with them, you're going to get something clean. So you can head to my shop at thisistheplatform.com slash shop. For link to all of my favorite products, they have a highlighter palette, this beautiful foundation. They have all of these different shampoos, conditioners, a baby line, a men's line. So you're getting the very best from them for everyone in your life. And I am obsessed with everything they do. They are run by a woman and Beauty Counter is just top notch. So make sure you head to my shop to check them out. I want to connect you and introduce you to my friend Paige Killian. She's everything with style girl on Instagram. I had her on the show and she had some similar comments as you. She's a mom of two. She's busy working and trying to manage all the things. And, you know, she was joking with me because she's like, Auntie Kelly says he can't have that. Auntie Kelly says that's bad for you. (laughs) And so she feels this pressure. I'm like, I'm sorry for ruining your life, but 
she said, she's, she's like, you know what? Sometimes I want to get out of the door without having to fight with my kids. And if that means that I give them a waffle and we get out the door and everyone is smiling and happy and we start our day on a happy foot, even though I didn't create this gourmet meal and make sure that everything was non-GMO and blah, blah, blah. She's like, sometimes that's better than anything because I don't want to start my day angry and I don't want to have to have my kids being yelled at to start the day. And sometimes that is the season that you're in and you have to be okay with that. You can't put this constant pressure on yourself to be perfect because that's not how life is. Absolutely. And I go through the exact same things. I mean, sometimes it's like, yes, watch a 10-minute cartoon while I help you put your shoes on. (laughs) There's no argument. (laughs) Yep. You know, when I do catch myself getting into a rut like that, I, you know, this again goes back to just people online that I follow and admire reminding myself, okay, well, how would the best version of me show up? And if I can't do that today, how could I get a little bit closer? So I could, you know, I could, could I turn the TV off 10 minutes earlier? Could I, you know, could I wake up, you know, or stay up 10 minutes later and cook some healthy muffins? Is there someone else in my life that I could lean on to support me with this? Those types of things I've gotten better at evaluating and actually asking for help when I need it. Mm, let's talk about that. That's good. <laughs> so obviously, both of us being former athletes, I think we, you go into things feeling like, I got this. And you can overcome anything and games on the line and you make it work. But we don't often learn how to be vulnerable and ask for help because that equates to weakness. And that's the way I grew up. I wanted to be perfect and figure everything out and be the best. And as much as that's wonderful and it drives me, and I believe it's part of the reason I am where I am today, I think it's also definitely had its negative impacts. So how has that influenced your life and where you are now? Yeah, I had a very similar experience just playing volleyball and in athletics. And you know, I, I guess it's probably a cultural thing or a social thing that you know we, we want to be the best and strive to achieve it but more power to the moms out there cuz i remember i can't remember who it was but i remember reading something where when i was probably 8 months pregnant and someone said you know what when the guy at trader joe's asks you if you want help out to your car you say yes every time don't be that mom that's too proud to say yes and that resonated with me because i literally started saying yes to people even just helping me out to the gro- the car with my groceries and my giant belly and I noticed that, you know, and I don't, it's probably happened more when I was pregnant or had really little kids. Now, when people ask if they can help, I say yes. Because usually if they're asking, it's probably like I'm in a situation where I need to accept that. And being better to accept that, that it's not a sign of weakness. Think about like when you ask someone for help and you, they allow you to do it, how good that makes you feel. Being able to give that feeling to someone else in the right context is also something that can be very powerful, which is something I've learned over the last few months even. Oh, that's so true. It's giving someone else permission to show up for you is actually an incredible gift to them. It shows that you believe in them, that you need them. And I think we all want to be needed and and felt like feel like we're important and valued. And that's just such a small way to do it. But if you allow that to happen more often, it's just like this domino effect. Mm-hmm. And a coach of mine brought this to my attention. She asked me, you know, if your girls asked you for anything, what would you do? 
And I started crying because I, you know, I said, I would do anything they needed whenever they needed, you know, anything in my power to do, I would do it. And she said, well, that is, you know, the same thing when someone who loves you asks if they can help you. Usually it's from that place. And granted, you know, they're toxic relationships and all of that kind of stuff. But at its core, you know, that's something that I've really been learning over the last few months and helping others brings me joy. And so when I need help, knowing the right people to ask or accepting help when offered has been something that I've been very conscious of accepting and bringing into my life. I had this great conversation with my girlfriend, McLean McGowan. She's a postpartum doula. And she said that for her clients, she makes them put a sign at the door that has a a sign-up sheet for jobs they can do around the house. They're not allowed to come into the house without agreeing to a time limit on their visit. And they have to do one thing when they show up. So whether it's taking the trash out, putting in a load of laundry, washing the dishes, preparing a meal, they have to come and they have to do something. And she says that her clients constantly tell her how amazed they are that people feel almost relieved that they get to show up and help and do something. Because when you're a mom with a newborn, everyone feels really awkward. How long do I stay? What do I do? You know, and people don't necessarily want to offer help because they want you to feel like you can do it all on your own. And it's like, throw that all out the window. We are, we are a village. Nothing works without each other. And once you ask people for help and let them show up for you, everything can work better and easier. And people need those guidelines. Oh, I love that so much. I'm going to tell my sister to do that because yeah. she's having a baby in about two months. So. <laughs> I know. I was like, I am definitely doing that. <laughs> yeah, that was, That's so awesome. And I, I think I got better about that as I had my second daughter. But very, it was very... It also, as a new mom, I mean, you kind of want to... Even if it's pretending, you want people to think like you have it together and you got this. And so sometimes, especially in that context, when if if it's not like an immediate family member, I felt weird being like, yeah, like, could you bring me some food? Or like, could you mm-hmm. just hold her while I sleep? You know? <laughs> and thank God my family was really great about kind of intuitively falling into this. Or maybe I got better about asking, but gosh, that's a, that's a great idea. I yes. About that. I know. I'm keeping that in my arsenal for the day yeah. it happens for me. Yeah. I want to talk about how you day-to-day reflect on where you are, how you feel, and what you're working on and the things that you're grateful for or your intentions, what that daily practice looks like for you to become the best version of yourself. Yeah. It's only been lately as Audrey, my youngest, has gotten older that I've been able to incorporate a morning routine. And if any of your listeners are a new mom, that was something that was really tough for me was giving myself the grace to sleep in when I needed to, if the baby's been up all night and not feeling guilty, like you know, kind of these personal growth mentors and people out there are like, you know, you need a morning routine and you need to stick to it every single day. Sometimes it's just not realistic and it wasn't for me. But now I've really gotten back into waking up before my girls do, which I think a lot of moms, I've heard them say time and time again, but it's life-changing. You get you know an hour of quiet to yourself. My specific routine is I, I wake up and I'll tongue scrape, thanks to Ayurveda, and you know get some hot water and some lemon and sit down and meditate. And I try to get you know that routine done before any of my girls wake up and journaling. 
I've been using uh, the high performance journal and then also just some techniques that I've kind of learned or heard about in podcasts. And I'm just trying to find what works for me. I'm just trying to find what... Re- I mean, everyone's got their own technique. And so you know, some mornings I might just write. Some mornings I actually you know, are a little more business focused and I actually plan that out. And so I'm just, I just kind of follow what I feel I need that morning. Um, until my girls wake up, and then I, I've been finding time to read in between, kind of finishing that, and then when they wake up, I'll just kind of read till they wake up. How much do your girls know about your routine and what meditation is, or journaling, or why mommy needs quiet time? <laughs> I think I, and I don't know if it's they're too young or maybe they haven't asked, but that's a good question. I, sh- I should be mindful about exposing that them to that more been wanting to get my oldest daughter into uh, like we have a local yoga class here. Um, We have some really cool resources in town where um, there's another woman who's introducing a mindfulness workshop for kids that takes place over, I think, a six-week period. And it's like food and yoga and movement and that kind of stuff. So just I, I, I would like to kind of introduce them to that more. Um, and I think they will, I will as they get older. And it's a, my oldest probably is ready for it, to be honest. <laughs> no, I think it's great. And, you know, obviously I don't have kids, so I don't know how this works. But a girlfriend of mine, Tamara Iglesias, I, I talked to her about her conscious parenting, the way she teaches families that. And she has a daughter, um, Scarlett, and she has taught her about what she does. She knows what it means to meditate and, and she goes to kundalini classes with Tamara and things like that. And I just think it, it's really cool that her daughter at six years old is super aware of what, what her mom is doing and why it's important. And she has even implemented it into her own life. And not that every child's going to be like that, but I'm curious as to when I'm a mom, how I will have those conversations because I was a really sensitive kid and I no one ever told me what that meant or that you know having quiet time was important or this is what meditation is. I didn't really know those things until seven, eight years ago. And so now I think about that and I think, you know, kids are a lot smarter than we give them credit for. And I wonder if we started sharing these things at a younger age, how it would impact them when they are in their early twenties and struggling, or they have a health issue, whatever it looks like. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, my, I do, I do have like a stretching and yoga routine I do before I go to bed, which my girls see. And so they always they like to help me get the mat out and um, have a little theraband I used to stretch and a um, lacrosse ball, and you know they they are into that. But I I totally agree that I my goal is to expose them to not only what I'm doing but why I'm doing it, which especially as they get older, you know my oldest daughter it's just normal for her to be vegan. That's how she was raised. I'm vegan. Um, her sister's vegan. Every you know she thinks it's super cool. And I want her to continue to think that. And so I'm very conscious of exposing her to kind of why I make the decisions, but also in an age-appropriate way. You know, and there's books and kids' books and other resources out there. And I've just... It's been a lot of trial and error too sometimes. Um, you know, she thankfully... You know, we, we'll go to a party and if there's something she can eat, she's just like, oh, okay, that's not being in coal and she'll go and play. And you know, I don't know how my younger daughter is going to be. I th- maybe she'll be different, but I'm always also conscious of 
making sure I have something on hand that they can eat, bringing our, you know, off bringing cupcakes that everyone can share, for instance, to a birthday party, you know, those types of things. And, and then explaining why, you know, how I feel good when I have vegetables and that type of thing. And there's, you know, going to be four and two in March. So there is some age limitations and understanding limitations, but I definitely see myself continuing to do that with kind of all aspects of my life as they get older. Yeah, I love that. Kristen, I am so glad that you were able to come on the show. I know this was a long time coming and I just want you to know how appreciative I am of you for not only being a listener of this show, but for your undying and unwavering support of everything that I do. I love when you email me, when you notice that I don't know what I'm doing or you (laughs) find a way that would be better for us. I truly do appreciate it. And I hope you know that, that the value that you've brought to my life is remarkable. And I'm just so, so grateful for you. And I look forward to the day when we can sit down and hang out and have a meal together. So thank you for being here. Oh, well, thank you for having me on. And by the way, if there's anybody listening and any part of something I've said is resonating with you, you know, I don't know if it's a mom or being a working mom or an athlete or a business owner, whatever it is, I would encourage you to reach out and be brave enough to connect with me on Instagram because if I've learned one thing, it's that seeking out people who are on similar paths and intentionally creating people around me that lift me up and support me has been invaluable for me. And so I'd love to return the favor and support anyone out there listening that wants to. Amazing. You guys better connect with her. I will I will <laughs> yeah. do all the links in the show notes and in the close of the show so everyone knows where to find you. But yeah. You so, so if much. you're listening, just send me a DM with the words, the platform, and I'll personally support anyone who reaches out. <laughs> brave enough to reach out. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining Kristen and I today. I know that she has such a special message to share and talking through the seasons of life was something I was really looking forward to with her because we both come from a volleyball background, both athletes, going to school, going into mainstream life, branching out to do our own things. She's now a mother of two young girls. And just the way our healing journeys have been very similar and different at the same time, but we've learned a lot of the same lessons and things that I think can really impact you and help you on your journey. So don't forget to connect with Kristen at Kristen underscore Hinman on Instagram. Send her a message. Head to the show notes for a link to get into her mastermind on Facebook and ask her questions because she is full of knowledge and she loves sharing that with everyone. So we're going to have another show for you in just a few days to help you on your healing journey. But in the meantime, thank you so much for joining us on the Platform Podcast and we'll see you soon.